0: Broadcasting live from the craft brewing and bike lane capital of America, it's the Talk of the Town, live. And now, Tracy Lundeen and Jim Caesar.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Talk of the Town. I'm Tracy. That's Jim. Hi, Jim. Hey, man.
0: Here I come to save the day.
1: You're going to save the day for what? about, uh,
2: just, uh, just, uh what are you doing? It back It's still in the <laughs> intro, baby.
1: I'm going to miss that. You're going to save the day for, what, about 13 more days. And then, uh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, the announcement we were going to make Friday, Friday, we're just going to make it now. Let's Today. just make it now. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Talk of the Town, the Daily Show, will cease being as of yeah. Friday, July 15th.
2: That'll be our last show.
1: Yeah. That'll be our last show. Daily and, Show. Uh, yeah. Jim and I, uh, Jim, Jim and I wanted to do this Daily Show in the worst way.
2: And we yeah. have. It. We've done it the worst way we could. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, did, we didn't let you down. We did uh, it terribly. <laughs> but uh, No, we didn't. No, we, 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 we had fun. Yeah. However, Difficult Jim and him. I both still worked, before we started this, we both still probably worked an average of uh, 50 hours each a week.
2: Yeah, Or more. Or more. Yeah. Or more.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, and yeah. on
1: top of that, we've got families and, and stuff. Well this mostly work <laughs> we well mostly work, but we yeah. discovered uh, going into this that uh, very very early on after a, yeah. probably just a month or two right. that uh,
2: it was a mistake <laughs> it was
1: a mistake on our behalf, and not not from the station the station has been wonderful to us, and a big thank you to general manager Scott uh, Christensen and Tom Robick, the operations guy and and uh, you know everyone who's been around here because they're yeah. all. Been just wonderful, yeah. Yeah. wonderful to work with, and I'm glad we did it. You know, yeah, I am absolutely. glad we did it. Yeah. But having said that, it's killing my business. It's killing your business. And yeah. It's it's giving you health fits. <laughs>
2: well, I don't know. well, it certainly doesn't. doesn't it doesn't help. help. It
1: doesn't help. Yeah. And 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 it just got to the point where we had to uh, we had to say, you know what, uh, we we got we we can't keep doing this. Yeah. So
2: well, you know, in my case, I thought you know we could just. T- turn the clock but it turns out you know that there's just too many things that either happen or come up unexpectedly in the afternoon yeah and you uh you know that really should be dealt with and you know you've have you've got to put them on a the back burner or wait till tomorrow and and it you know, for me anyway it it also made you know makes the day somewhat uh, more unproductive because, one, you're watching the the clock and you, so something you're working on you may not be able to get done right. and it rolls over the next day or you're looking at the clock and you know, yeah, I really don't want to start that because I've got to leave to go to the studio and all that kind of thing and so... It just didn't, uh, you know.
1: And my staff step, thought this would be great yeah. and really encouraged me. And my daughter yeah. joked, well, yeah. this is your first step to retirement. Yeah. Hardly <laughs> turned job. out that way. Right. You and I both, but I've been right. getting to my office at 6.30 in the morning typically. Yeah. I'm up at 4.30 a.m. I should be doing a morning show, yeah, for well, crying out loud. Yeah. I, You know, 4.30, i thirty, I'm... I'm already working in my mm. head i'm out yeah. the door 6 six thirty, and i'm not home now tonight i won't be done working until nine o'clock tonight yeah and uh not sustainable yeah so thank you you know to the midwest folks for letting us do this yeah. and also for letting yeah. us out of it I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know now i will be going back to where i've been for Over two and a a half decades of Saturday morning radio, whether it was with Neil Atkins or myself for many years, and then uh, the last uh, chunk of that was with Jim. I'm going back to Talk of the Town uh, on Saturday mornings, beginning Saturday, August 6th, right here. Right cheer yes. on KDAL, mm-hmm. and and Jimmy's going to join me once a month. He's going to pop yeah. in and yeah. uh, talk about Boomtown right. and uh, economic development, kind of like how you started with me in the first place.
2: Right, you're
1: right. going to be my business expert.
2: There you, go.
1: and uh, because yeah. uh, because you are a business expert and uh, a big advocate for what's going on in Superior and been. <laughs> Making things shake, and you'll be able to spend more time uh, yeah. watching the, the grandkids and, uh, you know, enjoying life. You've got yeah. a, a wonderful wife, and uh, yeah, her course. birthday today, I might it, add. It happy is. birthday, yeah. Laura, yeah. Lori. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. her birthday, birthday today. We yes, won't is, say yeah. how many candles. No, no, no. I think there's a four in front of it, though. Ah, if you would. She turned 40-something <laughs> <laughs> she, today. She'd be,
2: yeah, she'd be very happy to hear you say that. Well, so,
1: you told me she listens. listens. She does. Yeah, well, she
2: does. Although... She might be tied up today with my okay. daughter. So I
1: All right. Well you tell yeah, her that I I, will. I, I didn't I need prompting. No. I was yeah. right out there. Yeah. So, so. It's,
2: but it's been uh, it's been fun and we sure, surely want to thank the listeners and and that. And uh yeah, I mean yeah, you know, once we get here we have a real <laughs> you know we, have a we good hope time. we make it evident that we're having a good time. You know, we banter back and forth and poke each other, but that's all in good fun overall and and so, yeah, so, um, yeah, so on, onward we go.
1: Now, one of our yeah. astute listeners just
2: referred yeah. to us as whiners. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, and that may be partly true, too.
1: Anyway, so yeah. that's the story, folks. We'll be here until Friday, July 15th, and then uh, I will uh, take a couple weeks off and then uh, come back starting Saturday, August 6th. And uh, yeah. you know most of the uh, the 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 faces will be the same. Dan yeah. Conrad's going to join. Yes. Big announcement: the uh, Beniford Roush is mm. going to be, be Ford Auto Center oh, right, is going to yeah. be our sponsor, sponsor just yeah. like they were before. Yeah. And uh, all of the advertisers that we've talked to will be yeah. here. And and uh, like I said, Dan Conrad, Andy Perfetti's music update going to yeah. be a regular part of the show. And uh, yeah. and uh, we'll see if Mike Chase does a little music memory. Once once in a while, yes. So and uh, like I say, Jim's going to pop in once a month or so yeah. to uh, to say hi.
2: Maybe more. No, well, no. we'll see. So we'll, see we'll try I'll and go. squeeze there. You in. There you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I begged Jim. Yeah. I, I yeah, really yes, did yes, want did. him to do this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but he uh, he made the decision. So don't anybody think that <laughs> I didn't ask him to join. <laughs> yeah. Now he's out. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, hey, you're, <laughs> done. <laughs> you're done. You're done. Man.
1: So no. as as always, we <laughs> managed to take the temperatures yeah. well past the. So I'm going to try And get through as many of these temps, Jim, as I can before we have to go to break because we do have guests today. Plus, we have Minnesota Music Memories with Mike Chase, right? Yeah, and
2: we have a shortened show because of the Twins game, too. The the night
1: version of the doubleheader, which they squandered the first game. Yeah. All right. So, right now, Duluth International, 66. Aiken 64 yeah. Ashland 68 Silver Bay now, of course not reporting Cloquet, 64 sky Harbor 70 Chibbing 62 62 yeah. yeah and yes Scott Lillo you can still appear on the show on Saturdays from time to time too yeah we're not excluding you you're a good <laughs> you're a good boy yeah uh, that, he's a good boy uh hibbing what? uh Tammy Tammy, Tammy yeah She says it's a refreshing, almost autumn-y, cool, 65 degrees in Hibbing. Mm. It's half sunny, half Mm. cloudy. The clouds are white and gray and boring, and she's on her fourth beer. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She didn't say that. (laughs) It was true. (laughs) Uh, Hayward, 61. Moneyapolis, 82. Moose Lake, 68. Solon Springs, 68. Keyport Liquor and Lounge.
2: Yeah, 1900 Belknap
1: 68. Yeah. We might as well just say everybody's 68. Yep. On to the hometown temperatures, Jim. Yes. And those are my hometown. Where we've already said it's sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Yes. 67. Hilltop, really warming up today from yep. all the gunfire. It's 82. <laughs> yeah. 82 in Hillslop. Yeah. Or there either you know. that or Tasty Pizza opened the doors. Yes. And all the heat from the pizza ovens warming up, up outside. Yep. Tastiest pizza since 19, what? 63.
2: Yep. 63. There you go. Mm-hmm.
1: 67. And, oh, wait a minute. Bemidji. Home of the Lady Beavers. 67. And Cloudy. Yes. Kenya. 84 yeah. and partly Kenyan. Right, right, yeah. 84 right, and partly cloudy. Yeah. Virginia. Yes. Home of the Lady. No, that's no, no that's the, home of Johnny Snitter's Snitter, yeah. village in. And the bacon the pies. Yeah. 65. Yeah. AP yeah. Apache Junction. Yeah. 102. Yeah. Ooh, and yeah. in beautiful downtown Gilbert where the bank president is standing high atop the bank holding that metal antenna. Yeah. Trying to get a little better reception, it is. Yeah,
2: 75 and sunny.
1: There you go. Those right. are your temperatures. We are going to take a break. When we come back, uh, eventually we're going to be joined by Joe McCore and yeah. Pez Devella yeah. talking about junior football, Duluth Junior Football uh, League and sign-ups and stuff, so that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. His name is Jimmy. Yeah. My name is... Tracy, with an eye and a heart above it. We'll be right back.
0: Talk of the Town on News Talk KDAL.
1: Of the town, we are joined by two guys I haven't seen in a while, and it's great to see them both. Yeah. we have Joe McCore here in the studio and Pez Devela. Yeah. Pez, Joe, how you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing great. Okay, check and see if Pez's mic is working there, Jim.
2: Um,
1: We've been having, there we go. There, yep. yep, right yep, get baby. right on that, yell, right, yeah. yell at it, <laughs> just like you're yelling at the kids on the football. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I don't know if that microphone's working or not. We might have to have them share. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe and uh, Pez with the Denfeld Junior Football League, correct? That's right. And I, I saw on social media that you were signing people up. It was registration time, and I went, yeah. Well, I went through this with you last year and kind of got a little familiar with it when you were uh, running a campaign. And, That's right. Uh, and uh, learned all about the program, and
3: then Pez got involved with you, and uh, here we go again, huh? That's right. Yeah, we well, met Pez last year on the campaign trail, and he came down and helped us down at the football. And, man, he's been a great addition, and we're lucky to have him.
1: Well, now, it, it, you know, and if you can paint a visual to for the listeners, because this is radio, you know, Pez and Joe look like they could make up, you know, three-fifths of the starting offensive line for the Vikings or the Packers, maybe. That's right. I mean, you're big, you're
3: big football-type guys. That's right. When I was in high school, me and a buddy of mine on the offensive line, the coach used to call us the quarter-ton of fun.
1: <laughs> the quarter-ton of fun. Pez? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, that mic's no good, Joe. Here, come over here. Let's get you two to let's a little brotherly love here. Uh, We we want to be able to hear you both. Mm. Um, Pez, uh, good to see you back. Yep, and uh, you've been uh, you've been busy, yeah, uh, working uh, various tasks. And now you're back out on the football field. Mm -hmm. It's it's a great time of the year when you get out there. Oh yeah,
4: it's a fun time. You get to see all the kids that you see in the schools every day, just doing the type of work that I do and that Joe do. So uh, getting to have them on the football field and you know be a little more tough on them is always a good time so
1: how important and joe you've been doing this an awful long time uh how important are organized sports activities for kids especially the ages and and uh different neighborhoods around town how important are they to helping these kids kind of develop and uh become good people
3: Well, it's very important. You know, the most influential person in any child's life is their youth coach. Um, So it's really important. um, My
1: banker used to tell me it was him.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that might not be true. Um, But, yeah, it just gives us an opportunity to help shape these young men. And sometimes girls come out and play football, too. And so it gives us an opportunity to help shape them and mold them into more positive and productive people in society
1: and teamwork is uh, is one of the big things i've the one thing about organized sports that always has been so positive is that old expression there's no i in team and you're teaching these kids to play together mm-hmm. and to work together and to communicate which sometimes they probably don't get a lot of that at home
4: yep and especially with sports sports is the one thing that one of the one things that get kids out of the house anyway, away from like electronics and video games, you know, they play sports games there but it's still a one man show. But out on a football field they physically working together, physically have to talk to each other and know what's going on all around on the field to be to be successful at what they do. So. And breathing fresh air.
1: Yeah. You know, not not sitting in the house. Yeah, video games and the internet are really <laughs> Not real positive <laughs> things all the time so <laughs> for kids. And uh, and uh, you guys, uh, how many years have you been doing this, Joe?
3: Well, um, I'll be entering my 22nd season this year. Wow. Yeah, so I spent many years doing that that down there. And a good friend of mine, Matt Potter, he's going into his 18th year. So we've been doing it a long time. Wow. Eight, 22 years. And this is your... Two for you, right? Yeah, second year here,
4: okay. and uh, I did some out um, in Northwestern a little bit, and then a little bit out on the East Coast. So probably total like four. Okay, four or five. So yeah. he's got a little more playing experience than I do, though. Well, well tell us a yeah. little bit about
1: yeah. your playing experience. Uh, well, I played
4: played in college. Um, well, you did? Okay, yeah, I played college ball at West Virginia, and. Um, yeah, it was a great time all the way through high school. Um, got nationally ranked and stuff. So really? I've always loved the game. Well, see now we're
1: learning about some things about Pez de Villa we didn't know before. Yeah, this is a little bit. Nationally ranked. Yep. yep. What uh, What position?
4: At nose guard and center. So okay. Offensive defensive line.
1: Okay. So yeah. But moving the moving company. Oh, yeah. Right. That's, that's what we do. And Joe,
3: you played? did you play a little bit? Oh, just the high school. Yeah, okay. I played for Denfeld High School, and then the year I graduated that fall, I went down to Irving and started coaching what was the West Duluth football team back in the day. It used to be split up in each neighborhood. Uh, now, of course, it's just Denfeld Junior Football League in Duluth and East Youth Football League. Uh, but yeah, when I was 18, I went down and started coaching, and I realized that I like coaching way more than I like playing, so yeah. I've been there ever since.
1: Now, you've done you've done both on a little different level. Mm-hmm. What do you like more? Do you like playing or coaching, Penn? Oh,
4: so, there, there are days at practice I'll line up with the kids. And Joe got to say, Oh, <laughs> Penn, slow down. You're going to hurt one of them. So it's, it's a combination. I'm, I'm starting to get oldish. So, my body is saying, All right, chill out. So, no, I'm this is down. oldish. Oh, for sure. For sure. But my body is saying, All right, hey, stick to coaching right now. So, okay. Yeah, and, and it's fun. It is.
1: So you ever, do you ever get to flatten any of the kids out there when they're <laughs> <flying
4: up>? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you can't use- talk about yeah, that yeah, on the they, radio.
1: No, <laughs> they're not using you for You're not playing the, the role of one of those big blocking, what do they call them, that oh, you, yeah, the you run into dummy. and oh, try yeah. and move them backwards? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's oh, yeah?
4: What, you got to step in and do that sometimes. Well, what do you call those things again? Like sleds. Oh, okay, yeah, sleds. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in your case, it would be a blocking dummy.
0: No. You
1: know,
2: why did no, I know no, that no, was, was coming?
1: coming? I knew it was yeah. coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, you, you can always count on Jim. Yeah. So let's, yeah. well, I want to get to the point, but then I'm going to keep you guys for a while here. But yeah. the point is you're now registering kids We uh, are to play for this. Uh, it starts now or late summer, right?
3: Yeah, so the season kicks off on August 8th. Um, this is for grades 3rd through 8th. Those, so there's a 3rd and 4th grade team, a 5th and 6th grade team, a 7th grade team, and an 8th grade team. Okay, Um, And so, yeah, season starts August 8th. We have a registration open right now, and that's at denfeldfootball.com. And we also have a free summer camp that we offer to all kids. That's not just in the Denfeld area, but all kids across the area. Um And that's July 26, 27, and 28. Mm-hmm. So is there um, boundaries then uh, where the kids can come from? There are, yeah. yeah. So um, about six years ago, I founded what's called the Northland Youth Football Conference. Yeah. And we've got now we're up to 26 teams, um, between six and seven, 700 kids. So during the regular season, there are boundaries. Yep. And if I could, too, I'll put just a little plug for well, all these teams. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So people that are listening, if, you know, we have Duluth Denfeld, Duluth East, Two Harbors, Hermantown, Proctor, Hibbing, um, and then in Wisconsin, we have Superior, Northwestern, and Ashland. Um, so if you know of kids or you have kids that are in third through eighth grade in those areas, um, reach out to those programs, get your child registered, and if you can't find them, you can get a hold of us at and, and You'll steer them in the right we'll direction. will steer them in the right direction, yeah. Well, how cool is that? Now, we have Tell Tammy
1: up in Hibbing. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got listeners in Hibbing, Virginia, all over the
3: place. Yeah, Hibbing is new to the conference this year. Really? Uh, yep. Yeah. So we have played them in, in years past, just sporadically games here and there. But um, their program is going to join our conference this year. So we're really excited about it.
1: But Joe McCor and Pez Devella from the Denfeld Junior Football League been going on 22 years, Joe. Yes, sir. Wow. It's a long time.
3: It is a long time. Yeah. Now,
1: how do you do you have enough volunteer parents or coaches and well, things
3: like that? We do. I mean, we have a great core of coaches, but it's not like it used to be. You know, just like people are having a hard time finding employees, you know, organizations are having a hard time finding volunteers. Okay. Um so we always welcome those that are interested in coaching. Oh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) We always encourage those who are interested in coaching to um, reach out to us and and get involved. A lot of times it's just parents at this age group, but... There are people that are trying to get introduced to coaching. And, and not only that, it's not just coaching, but we have a lot of things that we, we do down there in the summer camps and, and um,
4: Concessions.
3: concession stands, paint oh. in the field, um, different fundraising events and community outreach. So there's a lot of areas that, that we can always use help in.
1: Now I will add that my favorite location on the football field is the concession stand.
3: Well, that's, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't tell, can yeah. you? So... Pez, you kind of jumped in and helped out Joe last year. Oh, do we have to go to the news, Jim? Oh, I didn't even see the hand signal going up. Usually, he gives me one of these when it's time to go. Can you guys hang around with us? Oh yeah, we can. All could. right, good. We'll be back after the news with more with uh, Joe McCord and Pez Devella, Duluth Denfeld Junior Football. Talk of the Town, and that is yep. the Talk of the Town Shelton Pizza Song of the Day okay. yep from the year 2000, Jim. Yes. And, you know, we talk a lot about Minnesota music. Well, Soul Asylum, yep. Runaway Train, uh, right here uh, from the Twin Cities. So, yep. Yep. Alternative Rock Group, Soul Asylum, what really put this doggone thing over the top Was their music video. The music video was notable for featuring images of missing people. Most of them young children and teenagers. Lead singer Dave Pernier has uh, stated that the lyrics originally described his experience of depression. Okay. Uh, Runaway Train was released, oh, in June 1993 as the fourth single. Where did I get 2000? 1993. Yeah. But uh, this video, in uh, the heavy airplay it got, resulted in in uh, over twenty missing people being found. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. It is. Runaway train, the Twin Cities soul asylum, yep. the Shelton Pizza song of the day. Yep. On your way home tonight. Pick up to. On your way to baseball or soccer or football or. Rugby, whatever you happen to be doing. Maybe you're going out and playing beanbags. Stop at your favorite convenience store or Super 1's around the area and pick up a Shelton pizza or two for supper. Yeah, and if they don't have Shelton pizza, look at look right at him and just say, why? why?
5: You heard of hangry, right? Hungry plus angry? Well, my problem is hunzy That's hungry plus busy. Luckily, I found the solution nestled in the freezer section of my corner convenience store. Locally owned Shelton Pizzas. They're a home run with my baseball kid. One of those spinny flip things from a dance kid. And a sweet, sweet slice of silence for this mama. So if you see me hustling through your door, show me your Sheltons. And if you don't have them, why not? Shelton Pizzas, available in the freezer sections of quality grocery and convenience stores.
0: KDAL Weather Update. I'm
5: meteorologist Dave Anderson with CBS 3 Duluth. Tonight, partly cloudy sky with a low of 45 and a northwest wind 5 to 10. Wisconsin, though, could get some storms. And then for Wednesday, we all get a 60% chance for late afternoon and evening storms. High temp 70 on Wednesday, east wind 5 to 15. For Thursday, 40% storm chance, and the high goes to 83. With CBS 3, I'm Dave Anderson for 610 and FM 103.9 KBAL. It's
0: KBAL Talk of the Town live. With Tracy Lundine and Jim Caesar. What if I came
2: knock on your
1: door that same night? Talk of the town. We're back. That's Jim Caesar, yes, the music guy. I'm Tracy Lundine. Nothing. Yep. Just I got nothing.
2: Yeah. You got Joe McCorn? <laughs> I have and Joe McCorn,
1: Vela. I've got mm-hmm. the two coolest guys in the studio right here with me, mm-hmm. and we're talking uh, Denfeld Junior Football League. We're talking about youth football around the area. And all the positive things. And speaking of which, uh, you were just involved in a football camp with the, kind of a famous guy that came out of that Denfeld football program. What's his name again? T C No G.
3: Say some initials. What's his, is that? Yeah. So C J Ham. <laughs> he has an annual football camp up here every year. Um, r- technically, the the Denfeld High School actually puts it on. Okay. With C J, and of course he's got groups that he works with. that will put it on, but. They're, they're um, gracious enough to invite us every year, and so we go out there and either help on the field or help doing whatever. Sure. Uh, but we set up some booths and um, hand out some whatever. Sometimes we help with T-shirt hands uh, handing out or flyers for our football league. Some swag. Some swag, yep. And, and CJ is such a great guy. I mean, you couldn't find a nicer person. And well, let's talk about that, because here's
1: a guy that grew up... Uh, Going to Dentville, going to the Valley Youth Center, playing football, playing youth football, becomes a a big deal. Goes to a small college, what, Augustana? Mm -hmm. Is that South Dakota? Is that South Dakota or is that Minnesota? But anyway, he Mm -hmm. goes to this college. And all of a sudden, he's in the NFL. And he's this big-time fullback. Our team captain. Worked worked hard. Worked hard to get there. But he never forgot... His roots still supports the Valley Youth Center and comes back and works with kids in his hometown. Pretty dang
3: cool. That's right. Very right down to earth.
4: Yeah, it was cool. He reached out to me, um, shot me a text probably two weeks before the camp started and said, hey, just letting you know, um, we hear about what's going on in the community, what you're doing out there. If you got any kids that want to be a part of it, that can't afford it, we scholarship them. So that was super cool, Paid wow. out of his own pocket. Really, to get a lot of these kids in the camp, and then last minute we end up picking up like an extra ten or fifteen kids that got in three or four minutes before the next uh, the, the older camp started. So it was super cool. Just to get how all cool these kids is that? Now mm-hmm. wait, did he just say he got a text
1: from CJ Ham?
3: Yeah, Pez is a big deal.
1: He is a big deal. You yeah. have CJ Hams. Smartphone number? Yeah, I got it. You yeah. text each
4: other? Like, I can FaceTime right now,
1: <laughs> but we ain't gonna do that. Two one eight five nine one. Here's my number. <laughs> yeah. Nobody call. Nobody. Well, Joe's got my number, but you have it
2: too. Yeah, ben. I got. It.
1: But see yeah. listen, M- pal.
2: Everybody's got your number. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 Thanks, Jim. <Yeah. laughs> well, that's cool, and and you guys just uh, uh, doing so much good for the community, and to see these kids out there playing. Uh, how how are the registration numbers going so
3: far? So far this year, yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, we're we're pretty stable in our registration numbers. You know, the big thing that we we need to work on is communicating with folks that may, maybe don't have a lot of money and, okay. and are worried about registration. So we um offer football and and all these services a lot of times free of cost for some families really yeah that that are that that need that otherwise you know the kid doesn't have an opportunity to play and so in all the years that we've been down there We've never refused a kid from playing because they can't pay.
1: Boy, is that ever
3: cool! Yeah, so it's kind of up to us throughout the season and the off-season to make sure we are raising enough money, and um, so a lot of businesses kind of help out with that. And. I'd be in big trouble if I didn't give thanks on the air to the Irving Community Club, who does a lot for our football program. And
1: There is a wonderful, wonderful organization. Correct. You know, they're and helping the Bluebird Foundation with a kids' area at, uh, at the Festival by the Lake here in yeah. July. I and mean, they bail
3: and us out. So many times, you know, we're, when we're in a financial jam or after the 2012 flood, we lost everything. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and so had it not been for them, you know, constantly stepping in because they recognize there's a need and they see the importance that youth sports has for, for these kids. And so they're always very great. Uh, we're always very grateful for their help. And Pez, you work
1: with kids all the time for every a day. living. Oh, so yeah. every day and you you see a lot. And I know you do too, Joe. And in uh, your coaching, but uh, and you're working every day with these kids in schools, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's getting tough out there, isn't
4: it? It is. And and uh, the cool thing about football or, or any sport. And I remember growing up, I wasn't the best kid either. But during sports seasons, you knew you couldn't get in trouble because you couldn't play. And uh, that's one thing um, Joe talks about. Even after just about every practice of. Hey, school is first. Keeping your grades up and and uh, behavior and things like that, and uh, and the kids know that they have to model not only you know their parents and things like that at home, but they're modeling DJFL, you know, yeah. every, you know wherever they go. So that's it's cool to just see them, you know, take initiative into their own hands to start doing the right thing, and hopefully that goes outside of football season, you know. So
1: that's well, an opportunity for the kids to be around positive role models. Mm-hmm. Involved in a wholesome activity. But yet, uh, you know, football is a uh, a little bit of a violent sport, right? <laughs> yeah. So they get a little of the aggression out of them that they might take out on a, well, but we won't go there. But that they yeah. might, you know, get the done somewhere else yeah it's
3: important for these kids to be involved and really coaches have the the easy job i always think teachers and and pastor when he's working in the school not as in his role as a coach you know that's the hard job but football kids want to be a part of it so it's a little bit easier to help direct them and shape them
1: i'm going to make you guys stick around for a few more minutes okay Okay. we've got to take a quick break you're listening to talk of the town uh i'm tracy that's jim We're with uh with our good friend Joe McCore and Pez Devella. We'll be back with more talking about the kids right after
0: this. Talk of the Town, live on KDAL. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, Talk of the Town. I'm yeah. Tracy. That's Jim. Yeah. That is Joe, and that is Pez. If we're yeah. talking Denfeld Junior Football League, and we don't have a ton of time left. So what I want to do is let's get to the 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 meat yes, here sir. and talk about uh, getting kids signed up because this is where, kids is one of the g- great decisions you'll make to get involved in a team, to get involved with a group, to get involved with positive uh, people in the
3: community, and so how. How do you sign up, Joe? That's right. Nothing replaces team sports. So get your kids involved. Um, You can sign up at denfeldfootball.com. We have online registration. You can email us at djfl at outlook.com. Find us on Facebook, Denfeld Denfeld Junior League Football. Um, Cost is $100 if you're in third and fourth grade. Um, If you're in fifth through eighth, it's $150. And we do have sponsorships available, too, if, if families have some financial hardships.
1: So if you've got a hardship situation, don't, don't say, oh, no, I don't have $100, so dial this out. No. Correct. Call that number or go online or email, and, uh, and they will tell you folks listening uh, some programs that are available that can possibly help.
3: Yes, we'll get your kid suited up. He, he or she will play football this fall. Beautiful.
4: Yeah, and if if you are a family that may not have kids but want to, you know, help a a kid that may not be able, you know, you can uh, contact us through the email and say, hey, you know, here's some... Uh, money that can be used towards helping the youth as well. And uh, come out and support the kids this fall. They they love to be cheered on and uh, be recognized for what they do out
1: there. Now, that's a great comment, because we do yeah. have a lot of listeners out there with money, including Deep Pocket Caesar here. That's right. Probably good to sponsor 10 or 15 At kids. Yeah. I mean, I, well, right? for sure one, I anyway. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. I would be willing to sponsor one. Yeah.
3: So, yeah so,
1: I mean, you know, there you go. But, I mean, yeah. we got people listening out there. If you ever... Need a little help? Let us know, yeah. and we will help you push it over the finish line. Because we don't want to see any kid uh, not get to play. And that's I think right. you take care of that anyway. But that's right. It'd be yeah. nice to nice to make sure they all do. Yeah. And you said um, uh, the practices
3: actually start when again? August eighth is our first day of practice, um, and it's down at Irving Football Field, twenty South Fifty Seventh Avenue West. Um and again we have our free summer camp july twenty sixth twenty seven and twenty eight um, from five to seven pm. so you just have to do online registration to okay. participate or we'll have paper waiver forms too if you want to sign it out sign them up the day super. of um, super so, yeah.
1: Well, guys, we can't thank you enough for everything you do out there. But it's fun, kind of fun, listening to you talk about it during the season. And I, I stood on the side and watched. Uh, oh, we got a little time left. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, five okay. Minutes, yeah. Uh, you know, watched some of the practices a couple times when you were out there. In fact, I even drove by once looking for you, and you were you guys were out striping uh, the field. Yes. I mean, you pretty
3: much do everything, right? Mm-hmm. We do everything down there, yeah. We Including take...
1: blocking dummies. Oh, yes.
3: That's, That's right. right. Exactly. my job. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll seed and water the field, paint it. You know, it takes a lot of work to put a program together. Sure. No. Yeah. Dumb question. The kids play on a regulation
1: size football field? They do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And uh, all the, the rules, pretty, what are the contact rules like? I mean, are they different for the little kids? or
3: It's tackle football, right? Yeah, so there are amended football rules for each grade. Um, now, the 7th and 8th grade actually play by Minnesota State High School League rules. Okay. Um, so it's just regular football for 7th and 8th grade. For 5th and 6th grade, there's a few variations. Um, and then 3rd and 4th grade, there's a few more variations. Because the important thing is, is when, especially when you're at those young ages, it's all about teaching fundamentals of football. Right, right. And if you're sending blitz packages every play on defense, the offense doesn't have time to figure out what they're doing. Um, and so while those things are great as you get older, for development purposes, you know, you want to slow it up. Because yep. as you get older, if you send blitzes all the time, well, then, you know, you'll just go to the air. There's ways to combat that. Sure, sure. But you don't have as many tools when when you're in those younger ages. So we put a little more parameters on them. But it is still tackle football. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah it's a great time.
1: You know when I was a kid and we didn't have organized well we we had the junior football league program way way back then when they, they we still had leather helmets. Yeah it
3: was a those leather heads. Are, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we used to play tackle football in the backyard in the fall, in head. the leaves. I mean, you know, we'd put a big pile in the end zone, but we played tackle football with no pads. Right. My cousins and uh, and uh, the Christensen boys and all the neighborhood kids. I mean, we grew up together and we played tackle football. And uh, now the kids the kids actually wear pads. <laughs> they right? do, yes,
3: yeah. they do. And I'll tell you what, the technology on these pads. We just got our new helmets in this yeah. year. They're unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, them at, like the NFL style with the slots and the top of the helmet and right. stuff. So, you know, parents, too, that are worried about safety issues, I'll tell you what, we're, we're very um, aware of those. Sir. Yeah, we're very safety conscious down there. All of our coaches are USA football heads-up certified. And, nice. And so, you know, we got good equipment for the kids.
1: You might use. think about getting one of those helmets for yourself,
3: Jim. Well,
2: um, you, you were <laughs> right. the short bus with the helmet. <laughs>
1: Wow. Well, that was so politically uh, incorrect. Was You could never run <laughs> for office. No.
2: Nor do I ever intend <laughs> Not anymore. No.
1: No, nor could uh, you, nor yeah, could you, yeah, nor just, could for I. A
3: while. Uh, <laughs> just
1: kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Pez Devella, Joe McCar, so great to see you both. Uh, back to working with kids? Yep, back,
4: back, back to doing it.
1: Got to love that. Yep. Come on in here a little bit. Yep. Got to love that. Mm. You have. Uh, I've personally seen you know you in action and uh you're just such a great advocate for kids Mm -hmm. and uh the the school the schools in this town and the parents in this town are very fortunate to have Pez de vella out there advocating for the kids and for what's good and what shouldn't be happening Mm -hmm. and thank you yeah uh for for that yeah for sure yeah thanks thanks for having me and you mr mccore everything you have done With uh, alpine skiing and football and all the volunteerism, uh, part of a family of what four generations of Duluthians that have done this. Is this something that great great grandfather passed along,
3: be involved in the community? Well that's right. Uh, you know my my grandpa Rudy Munson, you know, he was in a 1947 basketball team that Legendary. won the state championship. Kenfeld High School, that's right? That's right. That's Legendary. Right. Pictures yeah. on the walls and Yeah, my uncle played the Minnesota Gophers. and yeah, I mean it's kind of a family tradition, I guess. Very cool. Well guys, Good luck
1: with everything with
3: the season. Again,
1: uh, listeners, if you know someone even in the neighborhood, uh, maybe you don't have any kids or whatever, this is the email and the website to remember to get the
3: kids signed up, Joe. Yep. Denfeldfootball.com or you can email us at djfl at outlook.com. All right. You heard it, folks. Guys, thanks for
1: coming in today. Good thanks to see for having you. us. Thank you. And uh, we are going to take a break now and go to the news gym, correct? We yes, we are. And yeah. uh, we'll be back with Minnesota Music Memories during the second hour of what we think is an abbreviated yeah. show today for the second, uh, the night version of the Twins Doubleheader. There you go. We'll be back.
0: Now, the talk of the town live with Tracy Lundin and Jim Caesar.
1: Of the town, if you're planning on uh, yeah. heading outside to a game or something tonight, yep. uh, we do have a thirty percent chance of uh, showers uh, this evening, and then uh, it's going to clear up. And again, uh, later tomorrow and uh, tomorrow night, uh, thunderstorms.
2: So they same. But how's uh, the weekend looking?
1: The weekend right now is looking like a chance, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms, actually yeah. right through. Uh, the 4th of july in fact they're predicting for duluth and the surrounding area highs only around 70 on the 4th but that's a long ways off, and uh and lake off lake winds so we'll see what really ends up happening but way too far away to uh start playing that prediction game correct all right, so um, I, I would say we, so, yeah. We do believe we have a shortened show today because of game Damn. two of the Twins doubleheader, but uh, we aren't uh, with 100% certainty what's going on. But I, I yeah. think I think we're done at 5.30, so we're going to go early with yes. Minnesota Music Memories with Mike Chase. So here he is. Hello, Mike. Good
2: afternoon, Jim, and good afternoon, Tracy. Good afternoon, Mike. I mean, it's, out of Mike.
5: Yeah. it's a wonderful day, 80 degrees here in rural Kenyon, and we're going to pick up on the litter. We're, we did part one last week, which was 66 to 68. Today, we're going to cover 1968 to 72 with a little touch beyond. And again, the litter from Minneapolis. The lineup in August of 1968 was changing. Denny Waite, the vocalist and organist, and Tom Zippy Kaplan, the lead guitarist, departed. Lonnie Knight, lead guitar and vocals, and Greg Springer, keys and vocals. Those guys came from Joker, Joker's Wild.
1: Remember them? Joined, I
5: do. Yeah. Denny Johnson, great friend of mine and one of the proprietors of com. Uh, we've talked about them before. But those two guys from Joker's Wild came and joined Jim Kane, who is still on bass, Dan Rinaldi, rhythm guitar and vocals, and Tom Murray, their drummer, Uh, January of 69, Lonnie Knight and Greg Springer left the Litter. They were replaced uh, by two other guys. Uh, Mark Gallagher became their lead vocalist from Joliet, Illinois, and Ray Molina, lead guitarist and vocals from Minneapolis. The Litter then started to play more frequently in Chicago than they played in Minneapolis. And then, of course, they played other touring venues. Uh, As Tom uh, Murray told me, the drummer, they toured and played before 77 Different known rock groups across uh not only the u s but internationally wow so they they were really busy touring well, here's a memory for you, kind of when I was tipping off on my uh Facebook page today late sixty eight the later uh the litter excuse me, the litter played at the Playboy Mansion in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, for their holiday party really San Rinaldi. yeah, and I, this was a story that Tom Murray told me, uh, others had known about this, but this is the first time I happened to find it. Uh, Dan Rinaldi and Tom had observed that the Playboy bunnies uh, at this uh, particular party were attired only in clusters of strategically placed inflated balloons. And uh, as smoking was allowed throughout the facility, Tom and Dan were enjoying their cigarettes and taking a break. They decided to use the hot end of the cigarette to uh, their uh, advantage, I guess, uh, decided to pop a few of those balloons adorning a Playboy bunny. Ooh. After two such balloons had been dispatched, uh, security came up and informed them that after the next pop, they would be escorting uh, out of the building. Uh, Fortunately, they didn't need further discussion. That didn't happen. They uh, decided they'd get back to playing. But anyone with a copy of Playboy's uh, 15th holiday anniversary issue dated January of 69 will see a four-page spread of that party, including some photos of the litter, who were on the bill for that event. I'll
1: well, have to go through my archives when I get home. Then. <laughs> I- <sorry>. yeah.
5: <laughs> There's your homework <laughs> assignment. Uh, you know. <laughs> now, their third LP was on ABC-Probe, P-R-O-B-E, a subsidiary of ABC Records that was focused on psychedelic artisan bands, and they asked the litter to record an LP for them without even uh, hearing them play. No from ABC-Probe had ever seen them play live. It was strictly their reputation. Uh, The Litter recorded Emerge, was the name of that LP, at GM Studios in Detroit, Michigan. Six of the eight tunes were original songs written by members of Litter, and this LP was the most successful for the Litter. It was released August 16th of 69 and hit number 175 on the Billboard Hot 200 LP charts, only being on the chart for five weeks. All of that happened in five weeks. So Tom Murray said there was a full-page ad in Billboard magazine showing a doctor holding a newborn baby with a blurb above the doctor, the birth of a band. Album sales of 30,000 copies were reported the first week, with over 500,000 sold that year. ABC probe staff brought champagne to the letter when it achieved that gold status, but three weeks after that, mid-1970, the label went out of business before any official gold record with the framing and all of that good glitter could be formally awarded to The Litter. The Litter played a California show where Stephen Stills, who, is, uh, who wrote the song we're about to hear, he commented that uh, Mr. Stills thought the version by The Litter was the best he'd ever heard. So let's hear that. The Litter's what it's worth.
2: That's not it. Hang on a minute. Where'd we go? Let me try it again. Here. It
5: starts out slow, uh, yeah, and then the pace really picks up.
2: This is For What It's Worth. So, What's going on, Ed? I'm not getting it. Mike, hang on a minute. All right. Sorry.
5: Again, For What It's Worth was uh, done in the 60s originally, the one that charted on the billboard, but uh, even Stephen Stills, who wrote this song, had to say that the litter had the best version. Buffalo Springfield was the one that charted with this, right, Tracy?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Great song it
2: was, I'm not too. Being, I'm not able to pull it up. It says it's oh, the right one. Well, I, don't know. It, yeah, I played it for earlier. For what it's worth. Hang on a minute. I know. Anyway, let's go on, and we'll see if we can come back to it. man.
5: All right, we'll come back to it. Uh, from that LP, ABC released 245s. One of them emerged, no pun intended, uh, before the LP. It was released in July of 69. The B-side uh, Silly People. Do you have that one?
2: I'm trying it. Hang on. There we go.
5: Look at
0: all the silly people wanting to find out If there's somewhere to be happy, everyone's in doubt Can't they see that we've been through it, don't they understand?
5: This song was banned in some cities based on defaming a class of people as, quote, silly, unquote. The A side of this record was feeling. Uh, October 69, another 45 was issued by Probe. The B side was Blue Ice. The A side, On Our Minds, written by Sean Jones and Mark Gallagher.
0: I got something on my mind. Seem to be on me all the time. I wish we today. Lord, I wish it would
5: fade away. Let's try what it's for what it's worth again, Jim. Is that one uh, there? Because that was really a fantastic song. I'd love to.
2: See if we could play it before we leave this. Topic. Get, let's see if I can get it here. Nope, it's not. I don't know what's going on here. Hang on, one more time. Let me try something. All right, that looked like it changed. Nope, I don't know what's going on. When I dropped when I downloaded, it played. I don't know what happened.
5: Okay, Apologize. well, will come Matt. back to. Yeah. I'll keep going. Yeah. Uh, here's a memory. In Chicago, the litter opened for the Who. Wow. July 18th and 19th at the Kinetic Playground. During their set, Tom Murray broke three snare drums with no other replacements in his kit. Seeing this situation, Keith Moon, who was off stage, drummer for The Who, quickly went and grabbed one of his snares and physically threw it across the stage to Tom, who caught it in midair, caught that snare drum so the litter could finish their program. And a big gig happened here in the Twin Cities, Met Sports Center. May 20th of 1970 in Bloomington, home of the Minnesota North Stars, the first ever pop music festival, an eight-hour experience from 4 to midnight, a $5 ticket, uh, Tracy, got you the Litter, Canned Heat, Grand Funk Railway, the Amboy Dukes, the Buddy Miles Express, the Stooges, Brownsville Station, Johnny and Edgar Winter, a group called SRC and the Rotary Connection, although Minnie Redberton was not there, and a group called Truth. Well, five bucks
1: got you a long way back then, didn't
5: it? Yeah, at the Met Sports Center. I mean, well oh, wait, that's 52 years ago, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in 1970, Ray Molina left, replaced by Sean Jones on lead guitar. When Sean auditioned, he told Tom Murray he'd gone to the U.K. and he stayed under Jimmy Page. Tom thought Sean was pretty good in his audition, but since he had no way to validate his statement, Tom shrugged it off and thought, well, it doesn't matter. When Led Zeppelin and the Litter were on the same bill... Jimmy Page came into the room and hugged Sean Jones, asked him how he'd been since then. It was like old home week. So he was not making this up. They were close buddies. They worked together. Late '70, Jim Kane departed, and a guy named John Southpen filled in on base. The fourth LP never happened. The litter recorded material for that LP in New York at RCA Records under the ABC probe contract. They had two uh, LPs that they were committed to providing and uh, supporting, There was no name assigned to this because it never got released as ABC probe went defunct, as I call it, before it could be launched. Even though there was a contract, they were no longer in business. That's why they never got that gold record either.
2: Hey Mike, let me try this one more time. I tried to download it again. Let's see if this worked or not.
5: Sounds good. There we go. Yes. This is this is it. Let's let this run about forty seconds
2: more.
0: There's a man. With a gun over there. A- telling me I got to be well Don't you think you better stop now? Watch that sound. Everybody get to see what's going down. Don't you think you better stop? Watch that sound. Everybody get to see.
5: Thanks for that, Jim. That that is a great uh, four-and-a-half, five-minute song, and they do a fabulous job with that. And so I can see why Stephen still says that's the best he'd heard. Uh, We'll go to a lineup change now in 1971. The Litter retained original members Tom Murray and Dan Rinaldi. Mark Gallagher, their lead singer, left, replaced by Casey McPherson. Didn't do anything uh, prior to that, I guess. Sean Jones left, replaced by John King. John Suthman left, replaced by a guy named Mike Roll. The three new artists were all very young, inexperienced performers. They were part of the lap litter lineup. So now we have the epilogue. Late seventy two, the litter disbanded. But September nineteenth, nineteen ninety, they reformed to play a reunion concert at the Mirage in Minneapolis. Playing for this event were Denny Waite, Dan Rinaldi, Zippy Kaplan, Jim Kane, and Tom Murray. In addition, Woody Woodrich from White Lightning played bass on all but three songs. Those three songs were handled by Jim Kane. The concert was filmed and recorded, resulting in video and audio releases. So here's a taste of that CD, live at Mirage 1990, the cover of I'm a Man. I'm a little boy on the age of five. I'm a man. I should be 21. Oh, baby.
2: i a lot of fun. Whoa.
4: 1990,
5: there have been a half dozen or so combinations and permutations of the litter, some performing, others for recording, with several national international guests, including Joy Molland of Badfinger, Larry Wigand of Crow, James Walsh of Gypsy. Uh, the latest litter release occurred March 8th, in 2020. The CD had been released in uh, 2019, but the vinyl was delayed due to COVID. We had a release party at Mancini's. I was present. Uh, Future of the Past was this uh, LP uh, by The Litter. This album was produced by Tom Murray, the drummer of The Litter. Project manager was Bernie Bomberg. Performers included Tom Murray and Zippy Kaplan of The Litter, original members, Larry Wigan, Kroll, Bernie Bomberg, Surf Dogs, and a guy named Dez Dickerson. You might have heard of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, Prince had a band called The Revolution. Well, Des was part of that uh, band. So these are eight, you know, A1 performers. Um, that was just some of the people that were on that LP. There's a few others. This was recorded at Arm Entertainment Studios in St. Paul and Hyper Threat Studios in Parker, Colorado. Let's hear a snippet of Something's Coming. Something's coming yeah. off of the future of the past. Yeah. Here's the last part. The band status. Pre-1972 lineups, Tom Murray, Zippy Kaplan, and Danny Waite are all still topside. Bill Strandloff died of leukemia March 4th, 95, age 49. Ray Molina died 42698 at age 51. Mark Gallagher, lead vocalist, died February 24th of 09, age 60. Sean Jones exited age 62 February 13th of 2011. Dan Rinaldi passed at age 70 June 5th of 2015. Lonnie Knight departed May 7th, 2017 at age 68. Jim Keene is the only one I couldn't trace down, guys. His status was unknown at the time of this report. And that is my two-part report on the litter.
1: Hey, thank you, Mike. Well, great job, Mike. Thank you very, very much. Lonnie Knight, huh?
5: Yes, Lonnie Knight was there for a short bit with those guys. Tremendous player.
1: Worked with him a number of times. All right, Minnesota Music Memories, Mike Chase, you're listening to Talk of the Town. We'll be back uh, to wrap this baby up in a second.
0: The Talk of the Town with Tracy Lundine and Jim Caesar live.
1: Yeah, you'll be hearing that song yeah. at the Beacon on, uh, yeah. what, 16th? What, yeah. What's the date? July 16th.
2: Yeah, July 16th.
1: Fest. Yeah. Summerfest.
2: Yeah. Summerfest at the Beacon, yeah.
1: Some uh, blankety-blank cover we'll band. Say,
2: we'll say silly. Well, why don't you right. just say what it is, I'm going to say what it is, but I could spell it's S-H, a p- an exclamation point, T-T-Y. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: yeah. so ridiculous yeah. That, yeah. that you can't say the name of
2: a band. Yeah, well...
0: Listen on okay. your Echo device. Just say something ah, like here, we go, huh? here we go. Play twins? Our twin is coming on. This 4th of July. See you everybody.
2: Be an all-star in your community.